Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. We are your hosts. Hey, y'all. Trials and triumphs, yay. Oh, good. Mm. I, I want to talk about something. Okay, you go first then. I have a triumph. So we had a big Memorial Day sale at our outlet, mm. the oh, Ballard Outlet. Go? I went up to the outlet. I went like the Friday before Memorial Day and bought some things, and I got some really, 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 really good stuff, you guys. But my, um, I got the Liddy side table for my living room, and it's brass with white glass shelves. You guys, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. So you know how I've fallen out of love with my living room? Yes. And I've decided I hate it? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so this made me almost start loving it again. I got rid of the table that was in there. It's sort of an, like our Olivia table. It's um, We don't sell the table anymore, but it looks a lot like our Olivia table. So I moved that down to the bar. It looks so much better in the bar. It really Good. is like more appropriate down there. And then I got this Liddy table. But I also got new drapery for the living room, Ooh. which, again, made me love it. So I had a, like a sort of a grain sack uh, drapery, which mm-hmm. at the time I liked. But it's a little now a little too rustic for my vibe mm-hmm. of what's right. going on in my mm-hmm. brain. So I got these uh, panels that we sell called they're I think they're just called embroidered trim panels, and they come they're white like white heavy kind of cotton twill, and then there's probably a four inch embroidered edge on one edge of it. So when you're looking at the set of panels, it's on the right edge on the left, and on the left edge on the right. Right. Yes. That makes sense. Okay. What color is the embroidery? So I got just the natural color embroidery. It comes in natural oh, gray and black. Well, duh, I didn't read the package. You'd think I would know since I work here that when you get a package, it has a set. So now I have two sets. I have an extra set if anyone needs a set. So you thought it was just one panel? Uh-huh. Oh. I thought I needed two panels. Duh. If you think about it, it makes sense. Like it comes with a set because it's a left Why would right you only pair. buy one panel? Yeah. No, all of our panels come as panels except when it's it, – Created stylistically oh, as a okay. set. All right. mm-hmm. So I bought two, but anyway, it was at the outlet, so it was good. But anyway, y'all, they look really good. And remember how I talked about training the panels? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so I spent a good bit of time on Sunday ironing them out and then hanging them and training them, and they look so good. Oh. They're hanging just perfectly, although I did um, almost lose my mind when Joe touched them and moved them after I trained them. <laughs> like I trained those panels, he literally looked at me like I was an insane person. Um, <laughs> but the, but the, after you, you know, I have a really good steam iron, and yeah. so they were kind of damp a little bit when I hung them, oh, which yeah. really helped with you know the training, the training. So you get the top how you want it, and then you follow that pleat or that you know what do you call it ruffle in and out whatever mm-hmm. all the way down, right? So it hangs straight and in one, and it'll stay. You guys, it's great. They look so. so pretty. Is this a panel that you don't usually open and close? Right. I do okay. not. It is just a decorative panel. Okay. I do not open it. Because um, isn't that the point of training? Yeah. So, that, so when you, that when you pull it back, it'll, yeah. Go back. And I've done that in a couple other rooms too, and it does pretty much work. Okay. This was a little more precise I wanted. And this is so funny, you guys. I bought this drapery hardware. <laughs> had to have been 10 years ago. And I never put the rings on it. Like the rings have been sitting in a bin in my basement. E. And I could that you remembered where they. W- I'm continue. very organized. I had a bin. That's true. That was, That's true. That was marked drapery rings. Mm-hmm. I put all the drapery stuff in it. <laughs> so um, I finally put my drapery rings on ten years 
So were your last panels raw? They were. Pocket? They were like a oh, like yeah that pocket that's kind mm-hmm. of a pleaty yeah. pocket. Oh, uh-huh. so it makes like a. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I'm did you use y'all can't see. a pe- a a clip on or was it a I hook? Used the hooks. Nice. They believe in the hooks, and our draper come with the hooks too, which is nice. Yeah, um, and so they look really nice. And so I'm refalling in love with my living room. I've picked out fabrics and stuff for it, um, for the things I'm getting reupholstered and the new stuff I'm getting. So I'll keep y'all posted on that. Yay! Oh my gosh, yes. I love that you're excited. doing. It's always so exciting. I think I might have a problem. What? You, Why? You're, you're a. Great. Do you think I'm a serial redoer? I didn't think I was, but I think maybe I am. But you haven't room. redone your living that living room in Ever. ten years. Yeah. Sounds like it needs a moment. Mm-hmm. I think it's that's okay. fair. And it's yeah. not like you're getting rid of everything. You're just kind of shushing. I'm shushing. Yeah. yeah. Especially because you did the rest of your house and never touched that living room, right? Right. And so it sort of, it sort of got left behind. Together. You know, I buy things I like and then I put them in there. I never really made a plan. Oh, here's a trial though, y'all. Uh-oh. When I was taking down my panels, my old panels, one of them, which is right over the air vent, had like mildew on it. Mm. I don't Ew. know, probably mold. I don't even know. A couple years ago, we had a problem in our house with like the clothes in our closet were getting mildew on them. Mm. And we haven't had it since. I don't know if it was the basement de- dehumidifier wasn't working. I don't really know what it was, but there was a lot of moisture in the house. And like the bottoms of my shoes, the soles of my shoes, <gasps> some of the leather yeah. had like little dots of mold. It was gross. Uh-uh. So yeah, gross. And it was only in my closet that I noticed. I didn't notice it anywhere else in the house. Well, I think it happened on this draper panel too. Well, at least they're gone. Yeah. Now they're gone and in the trash. I was going to give them away, but nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah. No one wants moldy panels. No. Oh <laughs> so that was my trial. But I did get one of those little, you can get those little clear air vent sort of deflectors so you can push the air, you know, like in your car where you move the air one way or the other. You right. put you it over those? it so it can, yeah, like Ace Hardware. And so instead of the air going straight up, you can have it like go a little forward. Yeah. So it's not actually shooting straight up right on the sofa yep. and panel. That's smart. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Okay. Brilliant things in my life. <laughs> go to Ace Hardware more. <laughs> Um, you can recycle your batteries at Ace Hardware, so I need to go there anyway. Oh, I good have some to batteries know. to recycle. Oh, okay. So I'll go there and get my. Good, do it. Do you want to go? Do you want me to go? You go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just going to talk about my kitchen plan, y'all, because I'm very excited about it and also terrified. So that is, it is sort of my trial and my mm-hmm. triumph. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned last time that I'm taking down my upper cabinetry, and I'm terrified. I really think visually it's going to look so much better. And Uh I didn't love the cabinetry as it was. But I'm just, I'm like nervous. I'm going to have enough storage. Uh I'm nervous it's going to function. Do you ever have this problem where it's like, I feel really good about the plan. I've like, I have thought a lot about it. I'm not just like willy nilly, you know, doing it. But I still have some self-doubt about it. So I'm just going to be on edge until it's... No, it's just going to make you more of a minimalist, if anything. And we it's a bigger kitchen than our previous kitchen. <laughs> I know, right? Minimum. Um, yes. Yeah. And we are kind of minimalist already. Like, we don't have a ton of kitchen gadgets. And uh, our kitchen is already bigger than our old one. So I, that makes me feel good. But it just, you know, it's a risk for sure to take down your I cabinetry. I could never. So, I could never. I either. could never do it, especially with David. He just, I mean, I feel like... I. He wouldn't understand that the white plates and the white mugs all have to sit perfectly on the open shelf. 
Joe Mooney could do that, but I would just constantly be staring at it. Well, here's the thing. Because we had we had two, and, and this is why I don't feel so, I'm not nervous about the open shelf aspect. I'm not nervous about being, it being decorated. That's the part I'm worried about. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm nervous about the lack, about whether it's mm-hmm. enough storage. Yeah. Is it going to um, be less? It's just different. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. you know, I think the cabinetry had like three shelves in the cabinetry and we're just doing two shelves, but it's also continuous. So will you be filling you, them up or will they be very like decorative? Like, would you have filled those cabinets, those three shelves and such? I don't know because I never tried it. Well, I can tell you when I redid well, my kitchen, I, think I did not think through well enough where everything was going to go. And I got everything there. I'm like, where am I putting the food? Like, literally. Oh, like, where's your like, pantry? pantry? I just didn't think it through. I was like, oh, that'll be plenty. But I didn't think, okay, I'm going to put this here and this here and this here. That's right. true. And I did the same thing. I was like, oh, these will be great. We did, like, the drawers for the pantry lower. And then when Baylor got into them, and I was mm. like, well, now we have to go up with the food. So I have to use, like, a stepladder to get beans in the back, you know? And, mm-hmm. you're, and then you're like, forget it. We're having white rice. It's in the front. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And you'll so, be happy with it. Anyway, my point is, yeah, mine was the same way. But I say that because I can tell you right now, I can open my cabinets at my current home, and every every shelf is full. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, I, there's no way that. For food or dishes? Dishes. Uh, like, well, here's my I keep theory. all my nice, my buffet does not have enough room. It doesn't have a hutch. So it do, I don't have anywhere for glass storage. Mm-hmm. I have all my mm. plates and my silverware in there. But when it comes to my, like, nicer glasses, they're actually all in my kitchen kitchen. Yeah. So I have two, I think, that are more, like, decorative. Because, again, I like to pull out the orange blown glass ones for this party. Sure. And, and again, that's just me, and I'm more hoarderish, and so I have more glass options. And so I couldn't do that. Right. Was my point. That's why I was asking, like, I know I But it doesn't have to all be in your kitchen. So I have a storage cabinet – that's that it's true. in the upstairs hallway. And I also have the media one that's in my family room that was originally designed as a dining piece, but I use it as a media cabinet. But I have all kinds of glasses that's and true. extra stuff in other rooms. Yeah. That, and that's what we're going to do. Yeah. We, we're going to have a like a big set of cabinetry and drawers in the living room that's also the dining room. Anyways. But um, you're here, golden. You're I golden. know, but I'm just scared. Well, you're I'm also scared. painting. I'm painting all the bottom... I'm, so I won't have top cabinetry. I'm painting all the other cabinetry. Farron Ball green smoke. Yes. Please. Yes. Gorgeous. I think that this episode for this Trials and Triumphs, we're recording them separately, but um, it's Olivia Brock. And I asked her when we interviewed her, because she is a paint expert, mm-hmm. about using Farron Ball colors. Because my question was, do I need to order the Farron Ball sample? Do I have to order the Farron Ball paint? Because it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. And basically her advice was, do not order the Farron Ball sample and then have it matched. No. If you go to your, say, Benjamin Moore store and order this, ask them to match the color, and then, then you order the paint, mm-hmm. then that could work because it's the same paint. But if you get the sample, and I think that kind of makes sense for right. any. And make realistic expectations. Start, any start paint. with the brand you're going to use. Exactly. Even if there's a color you're in love with in another line, show them that color. Right. Have them from the beginning match it. And try that as your sample. Right. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Um, I can so see I did that. lost in translation there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I did that. And it's Farron Ball Green Smoke. My cousin actually had this in her library and I loved it. And it was just what I wanted. I wanted something that was sort of blue, sort of green, sort of gray, like 
never one color mm-hmm. and it's really pretty but also scary because it's dark mm-hmm. um we're refinishing the floors so they were sort of a medium toned kind of walnut pretty but i don't know i just felt like it was too traditional for this house and i kind of wanted something different and so i haven't the floor guys start this week but basically what i have in mind is like unfinished mm-hmm. i just want them to take the finish off and just do like we have red oak floors and just do natural. You're going to seal it, but it won't. There won't be a color. Correct. I'll have to see once they get in there and right. sand it. But right. even if they do a light finish, that's kind of the look I'm going for. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be light floors, dark cabinetry. I'm switching all the cabinet hardware. I don't know. It's I'm very exciting. very excited, but I'm also scared because Will has sort of just been like. I trust you. I love your idea. As long as you think it's going to work and look good. It's fantastic. And he trusts you. I'm just like real nervous. It is nerve-wracking though because these are big commitments. I'm not not scared at all. I'm not either. I'm like so jazzed. I'm so excited for you. Y'all's confidence in me is is very helpful. You have great taste. You have wonderful taste. Yeah. Well, but you know when you have. And you're envisioning an end game. Okay. All right. You are. Thank you. I need I need that boat of confidence because mm-hmm. I'm like doubting myself now. I trust you because it's a big big expense to read your floors, and I uh, feel yes. like it's not a conventional choice. Yeah, but you're gonna see that before you make your final decision too, which is nice. True. So you can go in there and look at it and go, nope, or yes. That I mean that you're lucky. The cabinet should probably can't do that. Mm-hmm. You could buy a lot of gorgeous rugs if you mess up the floors. Yeah, but it's just paint. <laughs> so that's what I'm telling myself. Yeah. Like it is just paint. Uh, yeah, and I've had white cabinets, so I've done that, and I. I to be honest, didn't love them. Yeah. I felt like they always had like spaghetti sauce and like flecks of things on. I don't know. I didn't love it as much as I thought that I would, I mm-hmm. guess. So I'm excited. About I don't know. This. We'll see. So, okay. Well, I'll keep you all posted. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, Taryn, you go. Oh, my trance is I got my rugs cleaned. Your annual rug cleaning? I had not done it for like two years. That baby, you know, <laughs> made me forget. Anyway, it was time. And so I did. I sent my rugs out and got them back, and then I wanted to roll around on them. How long does it take? Yeah, I've never done I've this never before, done and you do it religiously. Oh, because it feels so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> feels real good. We obviously need your rug guy. Yeah. You know that g- gratification you get when you open the closet and everything's yeah. organized? It's that same feeling of like, Hello, new rug cleaner. Uh-huh. Anyway, so the dog rolled around on it, ruined it right away. But yeah. I was like, this is great. <laughs> Baby was like licking the floor. I was like, you get in there. Mm-hmm. So Don't it's once a year. I, I try once a year. Okay. It's my own preference, though, because. But I thought you normally did it during your Halloween party. I usually do. I think I've told you all that. Yeah. I didn't, though. Genius plan. Due to, due to situations. You did not do it. Well, I Clumsy want, friends. Yes, that's how it usually, and anyway, so I tried to find a week when, yeah. So, so they come and take it all. Are you home? So you close your eyes, you walk out the door, and someone takes it out. That's the perfect part to me. I did roll them up and put them in the carport. Oh, you have to roll oh them up. see, that I think is the worst part yeah. of the whole situation. What? How do I get Why? it out from under my bed? You lift your bed. I can't. What? Okay, logistic- David got on one side, I got on the no, other. No, listen, oh. logistically... You're standing on the rug. So how yeah, do you pull I it out? I can't figure it out. Because I'm standing on the rug as I'm lifting the bed that I'm supposed to be removing from under the bed. Yeah, one of you lifts a quarter, one of you yanks. You get like a little bit of a spot. Keep yanking. Oh, sounds awful. Here is something a, you always do when you're moving. It only took a few. Have the movers put the rugs in last 
so that then they can take them out first. And then you put the rugs down oh, first. when you're moving. Yeah, when you're moving. I thought you meant, yeah. Yeah, okay. we. Makes no. sense. Anyways, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone's thought about this, but I it's just a good reminder. I haven't moved in 100 years. Okay, well, next time. All right, good to know. When you move into your um, your tiny. My tiny house. Your tiny house. I'm building it in my head, Taryn. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. Okay, tell okay. me after this. It'll be a future trials and trials. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to our, our show. Olivia. Yay. Karen is not here today, sadly. Yeah, the funny one. Sorry. Is missing. (laughs) (laughs) She is. But we have an amazing guest. Her name is Olivia Brock. Your firm is called Torrance Mitchell Design. You might have seen her work in Southern Living or Veranda Magazine. You did the Lake Pajamas retail space in Charleston. You've worked with Julia Engel. And you are a designer in Charleston. And you're here today. We Hello. caught you while you're here in Atlanta for <laughs> yes, Design Ava. Caught, literally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Flying off the interstate. <laughs> caught her in her arms and she's here. Yes. <laughs> well, you, your background is actually in historic preservation. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's actually kind of an unusual, we've never had a historic preservationist here on the show. So we'll have to talk to you a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Definitely. Okay, so how did you even start in this, get into this little niche of... Oh yeah. my God. Um... I had never intended on being a decorator. <laughs> I, uh, my graduate degree, I have a master's of science in historic preservation from Penn, and I did a certificate in real estate development at Wharton while I was there. And what I wanted to do was be a real estate developer who specialized in adaptive reuse of historic buildings. And at the time, I was moving back to New York, and that made sense. And I got a job with a firm called Goldman Properties that did adaptive reuse of 19th century cast iron buildings in Soho for apartments. Wow. They also had an office in Philadelphia and one in South Beach. They're actually the group that curated the Wynwood Walls. So I got that job, which I stalked Tony Goldman for and was super <laughs> psyched about it. And then my husband, a year in, was like, we were getting married. And he was like, let's move to Charleston. It's like, okay. So we moved to Charleston, and there aren't exactly a lot of large 19th century cast iron buildings for apartments in Charleston. <laughs> So it's a, it's a, they've got a lot of preservation. A lot of, a lot of historic buildings, but just not multifamily, not from like a real Mm -hmm. estate development standpoint. Um, And so I had been working on, you know, sourcing like FF&E for the apartments in New York doing like, you know, refrigerators and countertops and lights and all that. So I thought, well, okay, maybe there's like a way I can do that and and not, not be a decorator, (laughs) like be an in-between space. So I started doing some of that and then um, really got into Torrance Central Designs as a paint color consultant. And people would call me to pick paint colors for their house. Oh my gosh. Well, the exterior, the interior, both? Both. Um, And so I sort of was doing historic renovation consultation. It was like, you have a historic house, you have an architect, you have a contractor, you kind of need somebody else to help you like with some of the minute details and doing some what we like to call architectural archeology. span And then these wonderful clients um, in Southampton, in the east end of Long Island, um, Alexandra Macon, she runs Over the Moon. It's a wedding destination website. Um, She and her husband said, um, 
you know, we really want you to decorate the house. And I said, okay, well, you're going to have to be patient because, like, I literally don't know what I'm doing other than the fact that my mother was a decorator. So I sort of grew up around it. And so that's how it all happened. It started with preservation and then sort of got one client said, will you do this? And then it just That's snowballed. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So was that house in Charleston or was it their no, home in the in their the home in Southampton? Okay. Wow. <laughs> so had yeah. they seen your work, um, your house in Southern Living or how did they yes. become familiar with you? I think, I mean, the Southern Living spread was definitely a big explosion for me. I got a lot of kickback from that um, and it was really great. And yeah, and we had fr- mutual friends. She actually grew up in Charleston. So there were people we knew in common and she was in town, I think for Easter one year and her <laughs> our friend of a friend got her over to my house and walked through and she was just like super psyched and wanted to work with me. So, so talk to us about That's your crazy. house that was in Southern Living. Mm-hmm. It was, wait, there's a name for it and I'm blanking on a Charleston single yes a Charleston single and that's like it's like a single width basically Mm -hmm. but it's like a depth yes so a half block depth or something yeah so a Charleston single house is sort of directed on end towards the street so you walk in onto the piazza which is what we call porch in Charleston through a door called a privacy door and then you're on the piazza and then you walk in the front door from the piazza so when you walk into a center hall there's one room on your left and one room on your right and the one on your left is actually the one that's on the street right um and so yeah the houses are one room wide and they go you know deep depending on how big the house is back (laughs) off the street but yeah it's our sort of stereotypical um architectural style and all of the porches piazzas on these houses are either on the south side of the house if the house is on a north south street or on the west side of the house if the house is on an east west street so why is that wind huh. breeze breeze they're makes clever. sense breeze and sunshine they're clever those architects breeze and sunshine. yeah <laughs> obviously from the south and the west is where you're going to get the hottest sun so mm. the piazza protects the house from you know shades the windows. So <laughs> buying your house in Charleston, mm-hmm. I imagine it needed a lot of work. Yes. How did you, was this just like a labor of love? Was, did you learn all about, I mean, cause you're not originally from Charleston. So did you have to do lots of architectural archeology? span Is that the word you yes, were using? Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How did you like start? How long did it take? Um, we bought that house, my husband and I, before we got married, um, we bought it in, 2010, um, we originally hired Fairfax and Salmons, an architecture firm out of New York that at the time had a small office in Charleston. Um, I knew Anne Fairfax and Richard Salmons through my connections in the preservation world in New York. Um, I'm on a board of a historic house museum there that were Richard and I are on the same board. And so we hired them and, you know, got into the design phase and about halfway through that, they closed their office in Charleston and Anne was like, we'll fly back and forth. I'm like, the project is too small. Like, don't. So then we brought on Bo Clowney, who's a local Charleston architect who's wonderful. And then um, we broke ground in January of 2011 on the renovation and finished by September. Wow. Oh, that's fast. Yeah, it was pretty fast. Um, It was nice. And I was still in graduate school at the time. So I was running this whole program with my boyfriend um, from he was in New York. I was in Philadelphia and the project was in Charleston. Oh, Oh, boy. So, okay. 
I bet you logged a lot of hours on the plane. Yes, did. And that was when there were a lot more direct flights to Charleston, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank God. I know. It yeah. was actually better. It was before all those airlines, like, bought all each other and, like, you streamlined. So you could get to Charleston on U.S. Airways, Delta, JetBlue. Like, there's so many flights. Um, now it's, like, a little harder and more expensive. What a great thing for your relationship, pre. Yeah, oh, lots of tests, I, know, I right? imagine. Right? If you can get through a renovation, I figure you can probably get married. Yeah, yeah it was a good <laughs> test. <laughs> so does a historic, just in general, with yeah. the historic preservation, do you find that it takes just, if is it longer than a, just a renovation of a ranch and, you know, like something where you're not really preserving the history? Right. Um, yes, I think because you have to... Uh, be a little more selective with your demolition. You know, if you're going through and you're doing open floor plans and just ripping out all the walls, mm. that doesn't take as much sensitivity as mm. doing a restoration. And then in addition, when you're restoring an old house, if there a lot of things that need to be fixed, have longer lead times. Like, you know, window needs restoring. You know, I'm, I'm completely anti-window replacement. It's like my biggest pet peeve, like huge pet peeve. <laughs> and so, you know, you have to remove these 18th century windows and, you know, have them restored and then put them back, you know. And then if right. you're going to have, if you need additional windows, if some windows are, you know, too far gone or some windows that had been added, you know, in the 60s when they did a minor renovation or something, then I like to have those windows custom made. So they're made from mahogany locally in Charleston. Obviously, that's man hours and labor. That takes time. So, yes, I would say because of the sensitive nature of a renovating a historic house and because a lot of the product is like, it's custom. you know, it's custom and it's, right. it's you know, made by hand. So right. it And it's longer. not yeah. probably normal um specs like it's not oh no none of the measurements inch no, standard no, no, no. and often like you've got situations like in the traditional sh- home show house room mm-hmm. where there are windows where you know the the opening over time because the building has shifted is no longer a square like it's sort of become an angled situation <laughs> so you know you're building windows with like you know perfect angles to fit into a space you know a casing that just fits so right. yes it's a little a little less obvious I'm such an idiot. We didn't even talk about your traditional. I didn't mention that in the intro. I cut her off anyway. And she was saying September the house finished. And then I cut her off. So. That's okay. Yeah. So how long did the decorating take? Uh, Church Street, the decorating took. Let's see. When did it go into Southern Living? It went into Southern Living in, I think, 2015. I can look it up if you really want to know. We finished, like I said, September of 2011. It probably took about until the moment that, you know, Francesco walked in the door with a camera. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, uh, we moved down to Charleston in 2012 after we got married. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was wonderful. Southern Living, that experience was so fantastic. Um, Zoe Gowan over mm-hmm. at Southern Living, you know, I'd sent her these photos of the house and she just fell in love with it. And the living room was empty. I hadn't figured it out yet. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really know where I wanted to go. I mean, like literally white walls and nothing. And she just said, I trust you. Like you'll get it done. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so like it was amazing I mean it all you know it it all came together and it was fantastic but I had one of those aha moments about that room I woke up at three o'clock in the morning one night and I was like I've got it like I know what I want to do gosh yeah so what what started the room I want to know what started that room so the inspiration for that room which had two just off paint colors uh two fur and ball colors mouse is back and light gray um and they're just one off each other so it's like hard to tell and i did three different finishes but anyway i wanted that room i wanted to walk into that room and feel like i was in one of my favorite this favorite childhood story of mine called the elephant's child by rudyard kipling and in the story they describe this area as this great gray green greasy river and I, for some reason, I was just like, that's how I want this to feel. Like, I want it to have that feeling. And so, like, we had this amazing palm in the corner and this, like, gray green walls and, um, you know, some mossy green chenille on this great John Darian settee. And, and then my accent color was uh, lavender, which was sort of unexpected, but really was fun and um, had some great Raul Textiles pillows that sort of added to that Indian vibe I was going for. And it was fun, but it like literally dawned on me one day. I was like, that's how I wanted to feel. It worked out. (laughs) And you had had an amazing kitchen in that Mm -hmm. space that I felt like was probably, it was like so perfect for a, you know, it was like the perfect bridge between a modern kitchen and, you know, which I know of course was your plan your goal but um so that space that that the kitchen occupied was actually an addition that was put on the house in the 1960s so the first thing i did which is very preservation theory is we relayed the floors in there because they weren't old and when we relayed the floors we laid them on the diagonal so that when you walked from the 18th century part of the house into the kitchen you recognized the passage of time while you watched your feet walk across the floor Mm -hmm. in the different Floor arrangement. And then we exposed the door casing leading back into the 18th century part of the house. So when you were coming from the kitchen into the dining room, you recognize you're moving back into the 18th century. Right. Okay. Did your husband get it? Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, he's, I mean, he's the guy who, when I'm stumped on with a client, we, we share office, an office building. We own a building and our offices are both in the same building. And, uh, I'll, I'll get him on the phone and be like, babe, I need you to come look at something. I need a second opinion. He's well, like, good. Yeah. I feel like that's the opposite of what we hear from our listeners, which is how do I get my husband on board? Oh no. See, I get in fights with Walker, but it's not like I want my Barco lounger. It's like, I don't really feel like those two patterns are like the scales are off. <laughs> and I'm like, great. Okay, I'll try again. Let's discuss this Great. more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's how you get a beautiful home, yes, I'm sure. A yeah. little more frustrating in my mind. Yeah. It's like, okay, great. You have a really aggressive opinion about this. Um, but he's very sweet, and he says that at the Church Street house, the living room was the one that he, at when we finally came to it, he was like, do whatever you want, and he thinks that that room was the prettiest room in the house. So he said, the one that I let you have free reign over was my favorite. So that's really nice to hear. So, okay, I know you don't live at this Church Street house anymore. No. What, what, what's your current house like? Oh, Lord. I uh, haven't started yet. Get about to do a renovation on uh, like a circa 1810 house, which is wow. just around the corner from Church Street on a street called Water Street, um, which... Uh, used to be a creek, so when we have flooding issues in Charleston, it's like ground zero. Um, but that sounds that like a great, you a minute? Yeah, it sounds like a great purchase. Um, 
really smart real estate investment. No, um, <laughs> it's a really cool house. It's not a single. And I think I was really excited about being in Charleston and getting to own a house that isn't a single because you can honestly live in Charleston your entire life in six different houses and never have a different floor plan. So this house sort of rambles, a little windy, it's a little funky. And it reminded me a lot of historic houses in the Northeast, in New England, where I'm from. So mm-hmm. I was really excited to have sort of a little slice of sort of a Connecticut vibe in Charleston. So we'll see. Stay tuned. So how long Ooh. have you been there? How wh- We aren't living there. We bought it uh, last fall and we... I said to my husband that I wanted to try and do some work before we moved in. And so we're living in a rental in the French Quarter on State Street. And um, we're still in design phase. I'm so busy. That's like I'm the, you know, what is it, like the cobbler's yeah. daughter where you have <laughs> the cobbler's yeah. children. Yeah, issues, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I, yeah, that's me right now. So, and everyone keeps asking, which is exciting. But <laughs> yeah. I'm like. But you're also like, I'm not. I'm, I'm working. Like, Please don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, if my husband started paying me, then maybe we could talk about it. <laughs> so let's talk about your show house. Because yes. we kind of talked or touched on it a little bit, but um, we partnered together yes. in a room for the Southern Style Now show house. This was last fall, mm-hmm. but it's coming out yes. this fall. Yes, yeah, September, yes. which will come out in August, technically. Yeah. So what was the inspiration for that room? Describe it for you. You already kind of mentioned that it's a little yes. wonky. So it was um, the house is a 19th century Charleston single house in Ansonboro in Charleston. Uh, it's a masonry house. And this guest room suite, as they want to call it, um, is in the dependency structure of the building, the former kitchen house. So a lot of times in a Charleston house, there's the main house, and then there was a space, and then there was another building that housed the kitchen. Then, because they they didn't want kitchens attached to the main house because of fire, and then they attached them with these things called hyphens. Long story short, this room is the second floor of the original kitchen house. So instead of having, you know, soaring 10-foot ceilings and crown molding and all of that, it's like eight foot ceilings and exposed beams and, you know, an exposed brick wall and a small little fireplace. Um, And the homeowners had designed this sort of really modern bay window to get bumped out off the back of this two-story kitchen dependency. And um, so that was kind of cool. And then... um, the, so it, the, the room is like this funky room that then had this modern piece to it. But I really wanted the room to sort of sing as this little historic, like, niche space. And so um, I had the, the beams were exposed, but they'd been painted at some point, and I had them stripped. And then, um, you know, we had one exposed brick wall and then a drywall wall and the bay window and drywall. And so I said, I want to run three-inch uh, vertical beadboard all around the room and it just it gave it like just that little bit of character and mm-hmm. just again made you sort of feel cozy and like this little escape and so I wanted it to feel like uh, a space where everyone would feel comfortable and somewhere where people would want to come stay because right. like the guest room so it was fun what sort of um color because we can link to it of course in the show notes so that people can see the photos but because they're not looking at them right now like describe for us the colors and Christ. patterns you used uh, the walls were sort of a creamy 
creamy beige, like a creamy beige gray, um, the beadboard. And then I did all the window trim and the baseboards and all of that in uh, a Benjamin Moore green. Both colors were um, Benjamin Moore historic colors, which I love to mm. use. Um, so yeah, in this case, we did a lighter wall and a darker trim, which I love to do with paint. I'm so much fun doing paint colors that are a little unexpected and like flipping that dark to light. Um, so, and the whole vibe was very green because this bay looks out over the garden and Charleston gardens are such a big part of, you know, a Charleston house experience. Um, I was really feeling like bringing the outside in. So mm-hmm. I had just finished when I'd been asked to do the show house, I just finished reading the bunny melon biography. And so I was like all about the garden theme. And so <laughs> everything, um, was very botanical. I mean, I had, um, that great Ballard upholstered bed. And mm-hmm. I um, worked also with Kravit on the room. So all of the fabric in there are either Kravit, Lee Jofa, Brunchwig, and their new Westport collection that came out last fall, that lane print. It's like a beautiful sort mm-hmm. of block printed textile on that bed that has some embroidery on it. And um, the Olivia chair, which I obviously had <laughs> to use. I had to get Ballard makes an Olivia chair. Like I was like, I cannot have this in the room. <laughs> I was like, we're going to figure out how this works. Um, but, you know, that also in that. And then um, this beautiful Brunswick fabric called Fabiano that they just reissued in new colorways. And that was sort of the the moment in the room, I think, mm-hmm. in that bay window. I had an antique wicker chaise lounge. Oh, right. mm-hmm. And then this, like, bold Brunswick, um, you know, chintz floral Um it was super cool. I, I mean, it was really fun. I mean, I threw a check in there just, mm-hmm. you know, for good measure. But um, otherwise, it was botanical and about bringing the outdoors in and having this garden experience. I had like 15 or 20 topiaries in there, which was impossible because topiaries are so finicky and like they just kept dying. And it was like <laughs> such a drag, but- um, <laughs> You're like, stay alive just for the show. No, I mean, literally I'm like, um, I'm, it can just till the photos. <laughs> just just the through the photos. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was, but I would say botanical and bringing the outside in and having this connection to the Charleston mm-hmm. garden, which was designed by my dear friend, um, Glenn Gardner, who's a, wonderful landscape architect in Charleston. So um, it was fun doing that. You did a great job in that room mixing, doing that mix, the old and the new. Do you have any tips that any of the listeners, you know, for making that mix? Because you do such a great job with that. Thank you. There were some great, I mean, first of all, I started the designing room with that Ballard bed. I can't like talk more about how much I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed (laughs) with it so much that I then sold it to my mother for the room that I sleep in when I go home in Connecticut. (laughs) So like I was literally sleeping in that bed two weeks ago. Um, Is it a Camden? That's awesome. Yes, yes. Love this bed. The scale is so good for a room with low ceilings because it's super Uh low. So like you don't get that sort of like, oh my God, the bed is like the whole room. and <laughs> this is not a paid advertisement. No, no, no. I literally love this fest. Like I've now subsequently done Camden Handboards places. Like I'm a big fan. Um, <laughs> um, no, so uh, that bed is great because it's it, it it's like a little bit of like a you know it's clearly alluding to a past vibe, but it's so clean lined that depending on the fabric you choose, it could be super modern. You know, mm-hmm. without looking disjointed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had these amazing 19th century campaign bedside tables and mm. I put that with the Ballard bed. And I just think I love a juxtaposition. And I, when I'm designing a room, I like to make, like I sort of 
have a running Excel spreadsheet in my head of like percentages, like you got to make sure there's enough of old to like ground the room. Mm -hmm. And even if it's objet or like a light fixture Mm -hmm. or, you know, I mean, just just an accent chair. I just... It, it gives the room a soul. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Makes just, sense. Um, so I would say, like, you know, don't always, like, you know, when your mother, when you're 20, says, you know, we're going to, we're, we're scaling down and we have all this stuff. And you're sort of looking at this brown furniture thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Like, spend the money on a storage unit. Like, keep it because you never know. Like, you might down mm-hmm. the line be psyched that you ended up with, like, a Queen Anne dining room chair set. And you can now use them as accent chairs in different fabrics throughout your house. And, like, great. Your room has now an old chair in it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. No, I think that's, that's great advice. Well, we do talk a lot about brown furniture because I think people struggle with how to make it look fresh. But part of it is just embracing the fact that it's old. And not, I mean, you yeah. can make it look fresh with new accessories or yeah, mixing but, it with something else. But And the more I think you can, I love doing like things that are almost super modern next to something old. So like in that room with that antique wicker chaise with the Brunswick fabric on it, the side table next to it was that Ballard hexagonal mm. Acrylic. acrylic and like i love that because like it the two things you know it's like one of these things does not belong on sesame street yeah. but like because it works and then i right. had an antique like silhouette sitting on the side table and it's like perfect because you know let's talk about paint because you said you're a paint consultant yeah and that is also a question that we get a lot because no one knows how to pick paint oh my god so you're like nodding your head effusively. No. Like <laughs> struggle. <laughs> what okay, when you were consulting people about it, what were their problems? How do you solve them? How do you pick paint? I mean, let's start with the, <laughs> let's start with the hardest one, right? Yes. What white do I use? Mm. I mean, how many times has somebody like asked you? I mean, that's every day. Every yeah, day. I'm assuming, like, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you know, and the thing is, is that white is very hard. Mm. And in different, you know, directionally facing rooms and, you know, different parts of the country, like the color of the light, something's going to, you know, grab, pull green, something's going to pull yellow, and you're like, something gets too gray. And, um, but, uh, I definitely have some standbys, like mm-hmm. some colors that I go to when I'm, feeling lost and then sort of use those as like a jumping off point to then like move into a color for a Uh certain room. But um, I always said, or I still always say to people that I see buildings, historic buildings as people, right? And each one of them is very different and each one has a story that it wants to tell you. Mm -hmm. So when I walk through a house, I just feel like I mean, I sound like a crazy person, but I I feel like I have my first conversation with a house and it sort of gives me, you know, some ideas of what it wants to be. And a lot of times for me, the the paint is so much a part of that. And I just will walk in somewhere and I'll see it a certain way, you know, and I'll just be like, I can't, you know, it's like waking up at three in the morning about the paint colors at Church Street. I just, I'll have a moment and I'll go, this is what it should be. Right. Um, you know, and sometimes a client will say, really? Because I was thinking like green. And I'm like, no, it needs to be blue. Like it wants to be blue. <laughs> so we're like, you know. Um, and and then we inevitably bring green in with fabric or however we do it and, and everybody ends up happy. But I think it's so much about what the building says to me mm. in a given day, few days over the course of, you know, a season. And um, 
taking notice sort of the architectural style and stuff like that. Okay, so if you're trying to pick a white color, mm. how do you know, do you want more yellow? Do you want more gray? Like, how do you know what, what you're, because you know what you're looking for, but if someone just knows they want to paint it white, how to? So what are some good ones? Yeah. Just like rattle off some good whites. Okay. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Moore, Simply White, OC117. Everybody loves that color. It's a good color. Julia Engel's house. <laughs> I painted the entire inside of the house simply white. The whole house. I've never done anything like that before because usually I'm so aggressive about paint. <laughs> but I felt like the house wanted to be white. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, um, that's a great color. Pharaoh and Ball pointing is an amazing color. That one really does feel like the pointing between historic bricks. And it has like a little bigger body, which I really like. It's a little, little creamier. Um, okay. I have a question about Pharaoh and Ball. Yes. They have the prettiest colors. Yes. Do you buy the Pharaoh and Ball paint? Yes, I do. Begrudgingly? You're making I, a face. No, I'm making a face because I think people <laughs> hope that I say, oh, you can color match. And yes, you can. And that's, but for me, um, especially in a historic house, their finishes are wonderful. Um, and they're just, it's a different, it's a, that, that's the part of it that makes it great. Now, if I, you know, if it's not really a big deal, if the house isn't particularly historic, if we can figure out that, you know, it just needs to be high gloss and it doesn't need to be like super high gloss and we'll figure it out, then yes, I can match the color and, you know, okay. it'll be fine. But like, I love, you know, their colors are just so good. What is the finish like that? So they have so all these different finishes and they're like, you know, Benjamin Moore has your standard finishes, right? You've got your flat, your, your egg flat, eggshell, satin, you know, semi-gloss, high gloss, right? Right. Farron Ball has like dead flat. Then it has a state eggshell, a state emulsion. Um, they have a paint finish they use in the floor of their factories that's like, super aggressive for floors. Um, then they have exterior finishes that are different from the interior finishes. Um, and then they'll tell you what surfaces they recommend for the different finishes. Like, they, like you know, if, let's say you want to paint a room and you want to do the trim and the walls the same color. Well, with a ferrum ball paint, it's likely you're actually going to buy two different paints because the wood trim and the drywall shouldn't be in the same finish. Right, in the same finish. Yeah. I do love those finishes. Okay, I have a question for you. This yeah. is just a personal question. Yeah. I'm painting my kitchen cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a Farron Ball color mm-hmm. that I haven't tested yet, so yes. I need to test it. But do I need to buy the Farron Ball paint? It's like a 60s. It's a 56 ranch. It's like not. No, I don't. I mean, as long as you your paint shop that you go to can actually match it. You need to have them match it, and then you need to test, test it. Test the mat. Yeah. 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 Okay. What what color? Well, I wanted to do green smoke. Oh, it's a good color. It's like partially green, partially gray, smoke. partially blue. Yeah. It's got a little blue no, in it. No, it's got a little blue in it. Yeah, I test it. To okay. See, because sometimes these things don't. I mean, it's even like, you know, looking at paint on the computer, especially with long distance clients are like, send me a right. picture, show, show me a link. And I'm like, it's not actually how it's going to look. You know, right. it's so hard to do. So I would say sample, test it. And then I've seen it. Well, I did see it in my cousin's house. And then I found a picture and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I looked at those things separately. But yeah, I just want a green that is not obviously green. Right. But I want it like to but be a, a little um, happier than like a. What's the word I'm thinking of? Like, um, like you're not really sure what color it is. Right. 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 Um, 
Julia Engel's kitchen cabinets are a Farron Ball color called Parma Gray. And it reads blue in photos, but it does have a gray undertone. So how many colors do you normally test before you pick one? Or, okay, how about this? Let me rephrase the question. Okay. How many colors should the rest of us try before we pick one? Because you probably can get it yeah, get, I, get it there much faster. I, yeah. Um, no more than five. I think you start to get like schizo a little. <laughs> I mean, I think it, it derails you. I okay. think you have to trust your gut. And I think you need to recognize, you know, if you're looking at a Benjamin Moore deck, that if you like the one that's second from the bottom, you're probably going to like the one that's third from the bottom because things end up more saturated in real life. And especially when you're, if you're looking at a chip and then you paint the whole room, the experience is going to be totally different. Um, but yeah, yeah, no more than five. Okay. Um, I just, too many, you yeah. know, I think it just gets chaotic and it, then you get sidetracked and confused and right <laughs> freaked out and anxious. And it's just better to like, I mean, I typically am like three or less because usually I'm pretty dead set on what it's going to be. <laughs> You can look at the fan deck and pick. Yeah, yeah, I can actually. I did yesterday. And then I had like a little small panic attack and sent my assistant like rushing to the paint store to buy a sample and paint a board. And I was like, I don't even know why I wasted your time. Like, yeah, we'll go with this. <laughs> I had a moment of yeah, weakness, I, but I'm back. Exactly. I questioned myself. And, yeah. So. I want to talk a little bit about embracing the old. Yeah. Because you obviously do this for a living. And I do feel like this day and age, we're all kind of, I, there is something exciting about a new build because it's fresh and new, but mm. how do you, do you ever have to help clients like embrace the oldness of their home? Just like soak it in yeah, um, <laughs> and ways to do it. Right. You know, I will say this, things I love about old houses that are sometimes in direct like disagreement with some young people and younger clients mm -hmm. is that I like separate rooms. I like a separate kitchen. I like a formal dining room. I like a living room. And then I like a study or a family room or whatever. Like I like separate. Um, and I think today a lot of people like the open, although I did just read an article in the New York Times saying that people are now moving away from that. We're going mm -hmm. back to separate. Told you. I told you. I told <laughs> so you. I'm just like waiting for the phone to ring. Um, <laughs> yeah. Those yeah, yeah. are coming back. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, I think brown furniture and walls. Brown <laughs> furniture and walls. Um, I think that um, it's a that new trend. Bleak, you know? <laughs> um, I think that um, you know uh, patience is an overarching theme for me mm. um, with clients as it relates to both the historic house embracing mm -hmm. the old and antiques. Mm -hmm. You know, we live in a universe where people want stuff now. They see it, they want it, you know, like right away. Um, I think that's part of what makes our job as interior designers difficult because, you know, historically people understood that curating a home took time. And now because of wonderful companies like Ballard Designs, <laughs> people think that everything is can be theirs instantly. But then you get into it with COM product at Ballard and that has a lead time in it too. So if you yeah. want something that's like custom and curated, you're gonna wait on it. But I think with a historic house, it's the same thing. Like, you know, your renovation might take longer. While we're doing selective demolition, we may find out that in fact, your entire masonry foundation needs to be repointed. So, you know, we'll add that 20% like, uh-oh, at the bottom of your 
budget, you know, just mm-hmm. in case. Um, there are things you find out that you've got to be prepared for. And I think you just have to like be in it. Like you just gotta, you gotta love the house and, and, um, and just be prepared for those oops, uh-oh moments. Cause they happen, you know, <laughs> you find out that pipes, you know, you need to rewire the entire house. I mean, forget just like installing HVAC or fixing that. I mean, you're dealing with like knob and tube electricity. I mean, forget blow drying your hair and trying to toast something at the same time. So like, right. you know, <laughs> things you're want, gonna wanna do. Things you might wanna do. Right. But yeah, I would say patience for both a renovation and also finding antiques because that is not something that like if we're looking for an antique dresser mm-hmm. you know you got to look for it especially given the size mm-hmm. you want you know the vibe you're looking for and um right. so yeah patient patience. well think. like you said to diversify a room and to add that soul in and to get the antique part that works perfectly with the stuff you are purchasing and so you do have this mix it does take time even even if you can order one thing quick the whole room right. is not just one thing right so. exactly and then upholstery and things like that i mean it just takes time So this is from Jenny, and she says, My husband and I bought our house a couple years ago, and the formal living room has been on the decorating back burner for far too long. It's now got my full attention, but where to start? It's the room that guests first see, so I'd like it to reflect our style, which is traditional Southern, but living in the Midwest. As you walk through the front door, there's a direct walkway to a hallway leading to the rest of the house. Thoughts on an attractive interior doormat? Is there such a thing? Question mark. Would a runner be better suited here? And if so, should it match the area rug? The sofa, chairs, and tables belong to my grandmother, and I'd like to keep them. Any suggestions on fabric to recover them so they look like they belonged in the 30-something house? I love a good mix of new and old. I'm also on the hunt for a large rug, coffee table, and matching lamps for the console. An artwork refresh wouldn't hurt either. I'm open to any other ideas you ladies have. The cute dog stays. (laughs) Thanks for all your help and your hours of entertainment and inspiration you provide. Um, Super sweet. So cute. And it's a cute little room. It, um, like she was saying, it's when you come in the front door, you literally are... In, this is your room, room to the right. Yeah. yeah. So you're in the room. Um, there's a window on the wall to the left and then another window on the next wall. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Karen's so good at explaining this. <laughs> it's I'm harder than it sounds. terrible at this. Yeah. Um, anyway, so she has a bunch of chairs in here right now. It looks like a lot of legs. She does have a very um, ornate, well, not ornate, I guess, but a an antique sofa that sort of has a it's like a victorian settee or something yeah very heavy um was that the grandmother's yeah she wants to keep that so okay my first thing that she brought up is like hard no on the interior doormat okay just (laughs) generally i don't think that it's like i think it's going to get confusing trying to put a rug because you walk into this room effectively this room is both living room and foyer you know, she's got the console table up against the wall. You know, is that where she drops her keys? You know, mm-hmm, she's also mm-hmm. got the coat rack on the wall. So I think that, um, and we, the one photo we don't have is like, I want to be standing like at the front door, at the front door, looking at the wall, like the whole wall where this settee is. I'm trying mm-hmm. to understand like how you would ar- orient the rug. Yeah. So I think that's a, there's a doorway there. So I right. think the rug starts um, yes, on she, this side of the front door. 
like to create the room to like create two rooms essentially have a spot where you walk in the front door and that can have the wood floor plus the wood floor is really pretty so mm-hmm. it'd be nice to make sure it's not all covered up but so you walk in the front door and you're on the wood floor wherever you have your console table and your drop spot for like your foyer experience mm-hmm. and then start the area rug for the living room on this side of the front door um on the right side. Yeah. 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 So you kind of make a hallway using like the back of a sofa. Yeah. Or could, she something? Put the back, you... could she float this Victorian sofa and put that sort of Parsons grass clothy console table on the back of it? Is that weird? I Terrible? I feel like it's going to be cl- – that sofa is very heavy. Mm-hmm. So I'm worried that it will like sort of obstruct your experience when you walk in the front door. I'm, But I might want to put it – in front of that single window that has those two striped chairs on either side of mm-hmm. it right now, I might okay. put it there. Okay. So when you walk in, if you look directly to the to, right, you would see, you would be looking directly at this antique sofa that, you know, means something to her. And she should reupholster it because it'd be really fun to do something a little more modern on an antique sofa, you know, maybe a, something kind of geometric even mm-hmm. um, could be cool. Um, okay, here's a question. Yeah. What does she do with those armchairs? Should she split them and have one on each end of the sofa? So she had them next to each other on one side. And she needs to keep them, she said. Yeah, those are her grandmother's too. She said, sofa, chairs, and table belong to my grandmother. So I think there's also a wooden end table. Can, you can kind of see it on the arm of that chair. And then right. you see it's a drop leaf. Do you see it on that bottom right photo? I mean, I, it's a lot of legs in there. I just... You know, mm-hmm. this is one of those things where, like, as a decorator, when you walk into someone's house and the, one of the first meetings I'll do is walk through the house and sort of catalog the furniture and say, what needs to stay? Mm-hmm. Like, what do we, you know, mm-hmm. give me the backstory on grandma's sofa or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if this were my client, I wonder if I could find another place for those chairs. Obviously, I'm not looking at her entire house, mm-hmm. but, like, whether we can break, split them up, mm-hmm. put one in here, do different fabrics, put mm-hmm. one in a bedroom you know, put one in the family room, but I don't, I don't know, you know, but, um, I just want, I want some skirts. Could you skirt that with a slip cover? Oh, the The chairs. Mm. No. See, I was wondering um, if you did like an upholstered, um, she's looking for a coffee table. What if you did a big something? Like an ottoman? Yeah, but went to the floor, like something with a skirt in front of that Mm. um, antique to, again, give you something. Because I think once you get a rug and then, again, some skirts somewhere so that, again, you don't have just all legs. Yeah. Or is that weird? No, I I get what you're saying. I just, I want to, like, I want to put that (laughs) sofa on that wall and then I want, like, two little... Skirted club chairs, like they could be tufted. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like y'all have one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to call it the Julia chair, but yes. I could be making that up. I think you're right. You do have the um, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Impressive>. <laughs> no, I think that's great. Um, Some little chairs to go with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then um, the side table is fine. We can put that with you know new Ballard chairs, mm-hmm. and then it needs you know a rectangular coffee table, and it would be nice to sort of do. Something a little more modern, mm-hmm. you know. Um, what about an acrylic? Against that, mm-hmm. yes, the acrylic one, or that Bunny Williams raffia wrapped oh, one. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Is <laughs> is the foot gonna compete with the foot of this Victorian sofa? Because it's sort of a chi- the Chinese um, 
Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, I think fine? I think that sofa is so bold that it's like it's like I said about the antique wicker chaise lounge and the acrylic hex table. It's like they're so different that they go. So like I don't. That wouldn't worry me so much. Mm-hmm. I actually, I might not do the acrylic table only because I think I'd want it to have more body than that to mm-hmm. stand up to the sofa. Makes sense. But you know, I think there are a lot of options. Around might be nice. Mm-hmm. Right. different shape yeah yeah i like all of these ideas yeah i mean i think she needs curtains mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think drapery would be great in here drapery, would add some softness and to- architectural detail like right now the, the blinds it's just um so know. should she do a drape or, or a rim and shade drapes okay for sure i think this room could yeah use some drapes and I think I've heard, and this is just from other designers, you know, get it off the wall. Like right yeah, now, pull. you've lined your walls with the yeah. furniture. Pull it mm-hmm. in, make seating areas, mm-hmm. you know. Little side tables, like bring, mm-hmm. put that, move that Victorian sofa. You know, don't push it up against the window, you know, pull it in a little. Mm-hmm. Do a skinny console table behind it with two little buffet style lamps or something. Mm-hmm. The coffee table. Um, you know, I do a, I do a, natural fiber rug in here but that's only because i tend to err on the side of natural fiber rugs always but y'all have some good patterned ones that are kind Mm -hmm. of fun Mm -hmm. um that you know add a little interest without just being a straight up you know sisal rug that could be cool um i think that's a good plan yeah i mean i just (laughs) what do you think about the paint color sort of like a Bluish, yeah, light, yeah. Light, it's got a little blue. gray. It could be like a grayish blue. I don't know. We'd have to if she wanted to keep it. We'd have to figure out, you know, the fabrics that you want to do to play with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like this um, top right photo, the painting with the blue mm-hmm. and that grass cloth. So maybe that's like the color palette she kind of runs with. Yeah, I think like it's nice. Light blues and grays with little accents of green. Totally, I think that could be pretty. Um, but yeah, I think it's just rug, something with a skirt, curtains that, you know, just softens the whole thing. And mm-hmm. I always feel like curtains do a lot for a room, make it feel finished before it even is. Yeah. I'd mm-hmm. like say, you know, if, if she's on a budget and she needs to phase it out, like I'd start with a rug and curtains, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Yeah. She just needs some soft texture in here Yeah, versus all the legs. Yeah. Um, um now should she do a pattern curtain? Yes. Definitely. <laughs> and I think if you, and you t- you're the designer, so you tell me if it's true. <laughs> but if you kind of see if the door does open like a hallway without a wall, essentially, and it's a doorway straight ahead, if you did a runner, you know, from the front door there and you had this, again, the area rug over on to the right and made a different little area, would that work? So you're talking a runner side by side with a larger rug, right? Yeah, but space between. I wouldn't do it like I butting up to it. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Again, I I like to see the floor. I mm-hmm. I think the floor is pretty. You okay. could do a runner uh, to the left of the front door, going down that hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I in see. That pretty yeah. Arched opening. Mm-hmm. I could see doing a runner there, but then there's enough. There's like you know at least forty. I mean at yeah. least forty eight inches. It's a true hallway. You know between that runner and the area rug for the living room gotcha okay cool yeah for sure also like you know where did she say she lives in the midwest Midwest. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, in the winter, like when you're like trudging back in the house with boots on, like I prefer having the wood floor there because that's easier mm. to clean, mm-hmm. you know, and then you don't need to have that doormat. I mean, you know, just make sure you get a boot scraper and put it on your front stoop. <laughs> says says the New Englander. Yeah, don't yeah. Know about. yeah, boot scrapers. They're super cute. And you can get ones that are like, you know, different animal shapes and stuff. Like, <laughs> like porcupines or hedgehogs or like, you know, something like that. Oh, it's one of those things by your, oh, I yeah. know what you're talking about. And you like, yeah, totally. So okay. you could do something like that outside. Then you don't need a, a mat inside. And then, you know, the spot right there where you're going to walk in with the boots on, you can mop up. So you're leaving that console table and the two chairs and the painting right where it is. Well, is that what you're saying? I think so. I, those two chairs, I wish they were smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, that one comes off that wall a little bit into that hallway. They're like squished in there. Yeah, I don't. So I don't love that. I I would keep the console. I might ditch the chairs. Okay. Um, I just think it's sort of like a chair cemetery in here. It is. Or again, I don't have measurements of the room in that one angle that I really want. You could take the console off that wall and put it on the wall facing the door. Uh, mm-hmm. So that when you walk in the door, you're looking at that moment, at that vignette, which is a console and the piece of art, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then the room starts to the right of that. Because now, if we're moving the Victorian sofa to the other window, then you've got the space to have that table on that wall. So that table and the painting and the chairs, that's not centered. That's like shit. That's sort of no, it's yeah. It to would the be left. centered on the door. When you walk in the front mm-hmm. door, got it. You're looking at it. Yeah, got it. Yeah. So that's like your moment, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's straight ahead. Right. Exactly. Just a thought. Again, I don't have that one angle I really want. So <laughs> in the photo, yeah. but you know, that's a thought if you want to do that. But I think those chairs on that wall, it's tight. Mm-hmm. And I think opening the door. When you think about a 36-inch door, and you look at this photo on the bottom left, like. Don't you feel like that door almost hits the, the leg of that chair? Yeah. yeah. It makes it look smaller than it is. Exactly. It's a, it's a good sized room, but just the chairs crowding in there and make mm-hmm. it feel. I like this chair cemetery idea. It does. Care. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, no. you, it, it's just you took all your leftover chairs. chairs and stuck them in a room. And after a shower, like where yeah. I've like squished them, I'm like, I got too many chairs. Yeah, well, totally. Well, I, I move them around, but they don't live, yeah. They're you all do have good to move looking chairs. There's nothing wrong with a chair. No, it's it's just, there's no purpose to the chairs. And none of them are skirted. <laughs> right, and like, they're, they're all kind of. heavily upholstered. They're like dining chair-esque or yeah. accent chair-esque. Uh-huh. We don't have a single like sort of like. It's no, there's no club chair. It's exactly. not a lounge chair. Right, yeah. no club chair. No slipper chair, my favorite. Mm. Um, you do use a lot of slipper chairs. Why do you do. like a slipper chair so much? Oh, I love a slipper chair. Um, Why do I love a slipper chair? I love it because I think it's great in a lot of different spaces. I love symmetry. So a pair of slipper chairs, they're like so nice and square and tight and like they just go next to each other and it just like makes me feel anchored in the universe. Um, <laughs> but also what's great is... Um, You know, you can put two slipper chairs facing each other, which is what I did at Church Street. Mm -hmm. I loved that. But then, like, at Julia's house, we did two slipper chairs next to each other. And I, those slipper chairs are chairs I designed. I Like, I custom made all the scale and the sizing because I, like, sat around a lot and, like, figured out what I thought was most comfortable. And those chairs have quite a low back. And so when you're sitting in two slipper chairs like that next to each other, you can turn and put your arm 
on the chair and it's mm -hmm. not this high. It's sort of like this. And it's super cozy to sit sideways. It's like, it's great yeah. for a cocktail party because you can rotate all the way around the chair because there are no arms. And then if you've got, you know, two girls our size, you can put, you know, two butts in a chair like that and they can be facing different directions. Right. Which is, I think, great. I yeah. mean, I think Billy Baldwin knew what he was talking about when he was like king of the slipper chair. And I'm a big fan and, um, it's, I just think they're great. And I love pairs of things. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. Totally. Don't buy one, buy two. Yes, exactly. Buy two. Always. <laughs> yes. Well, I like your cute little dog. Oh, yeah, thank cute. you. Yeah, they're, it's very cute. Okay. Um, will you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. Follow you, all that good stuff. Yes. Um, okay, so I guess my Instagram handle is important, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's um, at Olivia T.M. Brock, O-L-I-V-I-A-T-M-B-R-O-C-K. Is that like Torrance Mitchell? Yeah. Is that your middle name? Uh, my name was Olivia Torrance Mitchell until I got married. Oh. And then I became Olivia Brock, and I didn't change my business name. So, okay. you know, just, yeah. So now it's like T.M., which I kind of like it's almost like trademark. <laughs> um, so and yes. you have such a cute dog oh thank you I have two of them Hamish and Hugh I didn't know you had two yes Hamish is Huey's uncle aww yes <laughs> my cute. Cavalier King Charles Spaniels and my uh, website is torrancemitchell.com with an A Torrance with an A yep T-O-R-R-A-N-C-E-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L how else? You know, That's I'm in good. Charleston. I'm around. I but I work. <laughs> come find me. Yeah, come find me. I but I do a lot of work in the Northeast, Connecticut, Long Island, uh, in the city. Um, but I'm always open. I'm actually I'm doing some work in Savannah because the Lake Pajamas mm -hmm. owner. I'm actually working on her house now, which is super exciting. All over the place. Not Everywhere. Atlanta yes. yet. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe, maybe that's to come. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. That's our show. Thank you for listening. Leave us a review in your podcast app and check out the show notes. We'll link to Olivia's house on Southern Living and um, her website, Instagram, all that good stuff. You can find those at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. Of course, Follow us on social media at Ballard Designs and send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. We'll answer it on a future episode. And until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.